welcome back guys this is part two of two um the initial one we had was amazing we got enlightened with a lot of financial literacy so without further ado um welcome back um tracia and emeka welcome to the sun island Well, they say if you want to keep a secret, <laughs> put it in a book, okay? Especially from black people, okay? Put it in a book because we won't <laughs> read it. it. So yeah. everything that people need to know about the evolution of life insurance and the different types are right in the book in simple language to understand. But uh, broadly speaking, there's term, which you also consider temporary insurance, and then there's permanent, okay? Uh, which includes whole life, universal life, indexed, variable. So the broad difference between the two is that with term, it's temporary. It's for a period of time, right? You're paying ultimately for the cost of insurance. And after a period of time that you have elected, 10 years, 15, 20, 30 years, which is usually the max, 20 being the most common, if you pass away in that time, the insurance company will pay a death benefit to whoever you name or, or whatever you name as a beneficiary, because it doesn't have to be a natural person. Uh, but the risk is you could outlive the term, right? And that's what tends to happen 97 to 99% of the time. People outlive the term of their policy. But it's a great, it's a great uh, instrument for somebody who cannot afford a permanent solution. Mm -hmm. It's great to have term to meet your insurable need. For business owners that may want to insure a key man, a key executive, right, mm -hmm. and protect themselves from the risk of losing an instru instrumental person to their business, they can use term insurance to actually fill, fill that gap and pay for a policy that they own in the event that they lose a key employee. Some lenders, some banks, for certain le loans you may want to take, or they will require you to actually get a term insurance policy, making them a part beneficiary of that policy. So term has its place. It's synonymous to renting an apartment. Is renting an apartment a bad thing? No. But some may argue, rather than throwing that money down the drain, renting an apartment, wouldn't it make sense to own a home, build equity, right? Something that you own and has own, you have ownership, mm -hmm. it can grow, you can leverage it, you can do all the wonderful things that come with owning a home. And that's synonymous to having a permanent policy. Now, in the interest of time, permanent insurance has evolved from whole life, which most people tend to classify all permanent insurance as whole life, a big misconception. There's whole life, there's UL, universal life, variable universal life, index universal life, now with living benefits. Even term now comes with some living benefits where the death benefit that should have otherwise only paid when you die, you can actually start to leverage that while you live, accelerate that death benefit while you live. From the insurance company's perspective, there really is no risk. If you die, they pay the whole thing as a lump sum. But if you're critically or chronically ill, they pay it to you as systematic distributions. Either way, it's money that still had to go out. So there's really no risk mm -hmm. to them. But back to the permanent side, mm -hmm. right? They all have their purposes. Whole life has its place um, for, uh, I know it's heavily leveraged around the infinite banking concept, okay, which is beyond the scope, I think, of today's conversation, to be honest with you. But whole life has its place, uh, especially if you're just looking for just permanent death benefit. That's all. 
Um, when we start evolving to, to UL, to variable, and then to indexed, it really, the fundamental difference, once you put the word you, universal in there, now you're talking flexibility. Whole life, generally speaking, is uh, fixed returns, fixed contribution, fixed death benefit, um, and and not as flexible, okay? They've evolved since, but when you see universal in, in the word life insurance, the main thing there is flexibility. And between indexed, variable, or universal life, the original universal life, it really just comes down to how is interest credited to your cash, okay? Because with permanent policies, uh, Sheldon, you are putting money in. You're overpaying, not just for the cost of insurance, but because of IRS guidelines and rules and insurance company rules, there's a minimum and also a maximum amount typically you can put in to also build cash. And that cash is designed to be used to take care of the cost of insurance in the future so you can have a policy that lasts you your entire lifetime. But they've since evolved to allow that cash to also grow in creative ways so you can use that money while you live to do all kinds of things, including paying for your kid's college education, supplemental retirement income, taking care of business needs and business solutions. Um, and when I say distributions, tax advantage, some will even say tax-free distributions, right, from those type of plans, all right, including the kind of leverage that Tricia just described about being able to use, borrow against that money, all right, to do things and mitigate your, minimize your risk, okay? But to, to, to end here, permanent policies tend to be, especially today, multifaceted and very sophisticated products today that requires the navigation of a licensed person to kind of help you guide you through your options mm -hmm. to find the right one. Because it's no such thing as, oh, this is good and this is bad. It's all relative to your personal uh, situation and the objectives you have for uh, the policies. Hope that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it totally does. Um, there's a school of thought uh, out there that instead of just put your money into um, uh, a universal, universal or like a whole life insurance or, or anything like that, use that same money and invest it in the stock market. Mm -hmm. Educate us on what would be better and why it would be better either the stock market or putting it in the, like a policy like that where you can have the money use yes. the money what are the pros and cons yeah um and I, i'd also love to hear tricia's thoughts on this but i'll tell you again education is key <laughs> because when you read the book it will uh it will emphasize the importance of looking at bucket where you put your money, okay, and categorizing them from a tax perspective across three buckets, okay? Tax now, tax later, tax advantaged. People are familiar with the idea of diversification mm -hmm. from a risk perspective and a return on investment perspective. But rarely, if ever, do they think about diversification from an income perspective. Because Sheldon, you will agree with me, it's not so much what you save or what you build up. It's, it's really about what you get to keep. Mm -hmm. Make sense? So when you look at it from that perspective, you want to have money across all three buckets. 
It's how much should you have in each bucket? So real quick, tax now would include the stocks you mentioned, ETFs, mutual funds, vehicles that you're putting after tax dollars in. Those monies grow, and when you when they grow, um, dividends on them, for example, are taxed at capital gains. When you take distributions from them, they're taxed at capital gains. So you're having to deal with taxes at every step of the way. The second bucket, retirement plans like your IRAs, pensions, 401ks, SEPs, and all of that, those are qualified, meaning that they're qualified for tax deductions or tax exemptions. So the monies you put in can be tax deducted, can be deducted right now. They'll grow tax deferred, but when you're ready to take the money out in the future, that's when you will pay tax. Chances are on an increased tax, on a higher tax rate, on a bigger chunk of money. We can debate that, but I think all indications when we look at our world today, automation and globalization, how it's impacted our world, I'm inclined to agree with Tricia that taxes could go up, okay? But the third bucket, the policies, the life insurance policies, thanks to the rules that govern the umbrella of life insurance, monies inside of them, if distributed properly, are tax exempt. They, they not only grow tax deferred, but distributions against them or from them are taken tax free. Again, you have to stay within the guidelines, like not lapsing the policy and so on. So when you ask the question, Sheldon, which is which is better? It's not a question of which is better. It's in what proportion, how much of my discretionary money should I have across all three? Because they serve different purposes. Mm-hmm. Life insurance tends to be more of a long-term accumulation vehicle, okay? Mm-hmm. Much like your uh, 401ks and your IRAs. The beautiful thing about 401ks, for example, is that you're at least getting an employer match, as long as you're not contributing beyond what your employer is matching, you're getting 100% return on your contribution already before it even gets a chance to grow. And as long as the distributions that we're able to, there's a very good book, by the way, I think that complements ours. It's called The Power of Zero, okay? Um, the audience can take their time and read that. And it really shows you how strategically to move yourself over time into a zero tax bracket in the future, okay? So that even though you have monies across all three buckets, you have them in the right proportion so that distributions from them keep you at very, very low, if, if not even zero uh, tax uh, bracket. So, so Sheldon, it's not a question of which is better, you should have, in my mind, you should have. Now, if you had a gun to your head and you could only pick one, <laughs> then I would then say, obviously, the tax-exempt vehicles, the tax-exempt bucket of assets, the Roth IRAs, your muni bonds, life insurance contracts. If you had a gun to your head, to only pick one. But if you're at your discretion to plan and build your portfolio, you want to diversify it across those three right. buckets. Great, great. Um, I completely... I completely agree with Adam Ola. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I completely agree with Emeka. Um, you want to diversify your portfolio. But um, in my opinion, when you're, when you're investing in stocks, you want to make sure that you understand the rules of investing in stocks. Mm-hmm. Most of the time we go out and we invest in stocks or even crypto. 
Remember, crypto is something was something big. You know, the other day we're we're all investing all of our money in crypto, <laughs> and then suddenly crypto crash and thousands and thousands of dollars that you decided that hey, crypto is doing good. Let me just throw my money in there to make some money because people are making money overnight. The market just went down just like that, and you lost all of that money, right? Not knowing, not knowing how to even regain that investment, right? When you invest in crypto um, stocks and all of these different stuff, like you said, yeah, that you can take that money and invest, but are you educated to invest? Do you know which stocks you should invest in, right? Do you know when you should take your money out? You know, all of that, you need that education. And how many, how many time do we have in this fast-paced world to sit down and actually read a book or monitor all of that to make sure that we are making the best decisions, right? Most of the time we don't. We just go with the flow. They're saying, oh, put your money in that kind of stock, take that crypto, and you're just throwing your money in, right? In a um, platform or in a product like an IUL, you put your money in there, it's monitored. Um, if the stocks go up, because they do go off of the, the market, if the stocks go up, you get that flexibility. You get it if your um, cap is 13%, 11%, whatever. You get that 11%. When the stock go down and it goes below um, market levels, you don't lose money. So for me, I would invest my money in something like that. Right. Because I know that safety. I don't like the risk. I don't like the risk of going to the market and I don't have the time to study the market. But yes, if you want to invest in um, the stock market, you find somebody that have the knowledge. Right. To help you invest in the stock market, right. which is fine. Right. Because you don't have the time. But if you're thinking that you can go offer the market on your own, that is not a wise decision to make. So um, <clears throat> here um, I have a guy that I kind of train a lot of my reps to emulate his thoughts on certain things. His name is Ray Dalio. Okay. Um, and I've heard that name before. He yeah. is all about diversification. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have a pretty awesome video called Principle of Success. Nice. It's just on YouTube. Yep, I'll check it's it out. It's an amazing video. It kind of points you to if you're going after a goal, the goal is not really the goal. The goal is to transition to get more from where you land. So the, the it's not to get the carrot, so to speak, but to push yourself beyond it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but his whole thing in the financial space is diversification. Expound on when it comes down to money, what does diversification look like and why is it so critical for you to have a financially sound future? Uh, you can go ahead first, Tracia. Um, to go back to um, financial foundation, the financial foundation of having, um, sorry, proper <laughs> you get, you get. the proper protection, mm-hmm. right? That is your main, well, your your standing hole. Whenever you're building a ground a, a house from the ground up, you want to make sure that your foundation is laying 
properly, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you have that protection to if I'm if I think that in the future I'm gonna have millions of dollars, well I want to make sure that I am properly protected now to house that millions of dollars to in the event if something to happen to me, my kids don't have to pay for what I was already growing, you know. Basically what I'm saying is like for example, if like my business for example, my business at this time is not in profit, okay? So, if something to happen to me and my husband today, all of that is going to left on my kids. But because we have proper protection, if something to happen to us, our kids are going to be set. Wow, peace of mind. Be, yes, it's going to be covered. They're going to be able to take our debt benefit, pay off whatever debt we have, and still be able to have a great future because of the foundation that we're setting, right? So we start with our um, proper protection, right? Then we want to make sure that our debt, like Mecca said, either we have zero debt or we're using our debt to maximize our growth for um, legacy building. So we need to make sure that, hey, if I'm having debt, accumulating debt, my my the the money that I am acquiring from here is actually doing something to make sure that it's outpacing inflation, or is making sure that it having much a lot of interest that hey, the interest can pay off the debt at the end of mm -hmm. the day, right? Mm -hmm. Then I want to make sure that I have an emergency fund. Emergencies will happen. It's just when it's going to happen, right? An emergency fund that if something to happen now, I can take care of that emergency and I don't have to dig into my um, long-term um, investments, my long-term investments mm -hmm. to take care of my emergency. Mm -hmm. So it's just basically building that financial foundation. And that is the best um, way how you can diversify your financial foundation, in my opinion. So we can talk about the different buckets, right? Yeah. The tax now, the tax, tax um, later, and the tax-free. We those buckets are great, but to me, diversify your financial foundation is building a great financial foundation from the ground up with protection as your base. So diversification, um, Emeka, you want to tackle that one? Yeah, I wanted to say everything that Tricia said is spot on. And again, we don't want our viewers or the audience to just rely on what we said. It's right here in print. Page seven of the Saving Your Future book shows visually what she just described and gets into the depth about how you do that. Um, if you if you look at page that seven, right there, yeah. page seven right there about building a solid financial foundation. But another set, another angle I'd like to just contribute, which ties into what Tricia said, is when we look at implementing solutions for our clients and taking a holistic or comprehensive approach, we also look at it from four areas, kind of like the foundation. The first one is, and the question you have to ask yourself, Sheldon, and our viewers should ask themselves is, if something happened to me today, if I didn't wake up tomorrow and I had a short life, is my family exactly in the financial position I want them to be in right now? 
And if the answer is no, then proper protection, as Tricia was saying, is paramount. And we have to look at not just insurance, not just life insurance, but proper protection for which you, uh, for which you have assigned certain responsibilities, like paying off the house, getting your kids to college, providing income, and so on and so forth. The second area is what if I have a long life? which is the investing she was talking about. If we have a long life, have I looked at short-term, mid-term, long-term goals I have? And am I proactive around getting ahead of those goals? And have I diversified, like you asked in the question, to make sure that from a risk perspective, from a return perspective, and from an income perspective, I'm, ta I'm, I'm bulletproof to hit those goals, okay? The third is, what if I have a hard life? What if I become critically or chronically ill? You see, we take for granted sometimes that we can sit around like this and use our faculties and speak and talk. And, but what if you can't do that? What if you, any one of those critical or chronic, Ill, or chronic illnesses like cancer, ALS, dementia, stroke, things you wouldn't even wish on your worst enemy? What if they happen? Because they do happen now. And they're happening at younger and younger ages. And the number one reason for bankruptcy in retirement is developing some form of critical or chronic illness. The question becomes, how many days forward will I survive before I become destitute or bankrupt if I got sick? And then the last part, again, all this tying into diversification and what does that look like? These are areas you want to make sure that solutions you have address, okay? The last part is legacy planning. I can tell you're a very ambitious person. Most of our viewers probably are. And we all want to have the best. We want to get to a point where money is no longer an obstacle for us and those that we love. But how, what are you doing today to ensure that all that effort, all that wealth, all those assets actually go to those you intended for it to go to and not the IRS, not the court systems, right? Not people who will make those decisions without your best interest at heart. So legacy planning, having the trust, the will, the power of attorney, the healthcare directive, the legal guardianship, those things should be part of the portfolio when we're talking diversification to make sure that you are comprehensive in your approach to planning. So I just wanted to offer that, that I know that we're trying to simplify these things, and it's important to simplify so that people can take them in bite-sized amounts. But when we start getting into the weeds and start peeling back the layers, there's more to it. And that's now where you should, you should work in tandem, in collaboration with a professional so that together providing the guidance and with your knowledge, we can arrive at the right things to implement. And you can feel good about those things and you can own them wholeheartedly. Again, mm -hmm. we'll end with no one should be more interested in your financial future than you. Than you. Right. Guys, I absolutely appreciate y'all coming on, talking to us today. I mean, we're all like busy professional, um, so we have to wrap it up here. Mm -hmm. I sure hope to have you guys back in the future because my mind is like racing. I'm thinking to talk about <laughs> trust, real estate, budgeting. I could go on and on and on, but time is valuable. And I was, I mean, and I'm excited that we were able to get out at least some, a lot of value to, you know, people who are viewing right now. Yes. But again, I am grateful 
for you guys and I hope to have you guys back. This is actually y'all uh, <laughs> official re-invitation. <laughs> we accept okay, wholeheartedly. Okay, okay. So uh, one love, guys. Absolutely, my brother. Right. Appreciate it. <laughs> sure, sure. All right.